Hey, this is Steve Balton. You're here on My Turning Point with special guest Avril Lavigne. Really fun conversation with Avril, who I've known for many years. We talk a lot about her superb new album, her secret painting career, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. You are in the black today. Is that your homage to Johnny Cash? That I'm wearing black? No, the whole black screen behind you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm working. I'm zooming from home. I thought it'd be good to have a little black set up. All right, so how's it going today? It's going pretty good. I am calling you from Malibu, California. And um, I'm doing press for a promo cycle now for the new album. So I'm, I'm very excited. Thanks for talking to me today. I'm excited to talk to you. It's a, first of all, it's a great record, but I did the Forbes piece on the show on Saturday. Was that as much fun for you as it looked like it was from the audience? The concert on Saturday? Alter Ego, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was a radio show, and I jumped up and played like four songs, and I got to hang out backstage and meet like other bands that were there, and that's always really fun. Um, and I was really excited just to be able to get back up on stage. It's been so long with this pan- damn pandemic. So, like, yeah, I was very excited to be there. It's such an interesting thing, though, right? Because, look, I've talked about this with so many bands. You do your thing as an artist, and you work when the timing is right. And they're very simply, there's, and like, you know, you're doing the When We Were Young, which sold out in eight seconds flat today, two days, right? Gerard from My Chem is a friend. We've talked about this. You do your thing. There's no freaking way to know how people are going to respond. So you've been gone a couple years. You come back with this. And holy shit, the whole forum just lost their shit. Like you had been gone for 20 years. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I was a surprise guest at the forum and at the radio show and no one knew I was going to be there and they actually pulled it off. So right before I went on, they announced me by not even saying my name. I think they referenced a song lyric in Skater Boy and then the whole crowd started cheering. So before... So I got, I definitely got a really warm welcome from everybody, which was, which was really nice. You're not kidding. It was a surprise. My friend is the president of iHeart. He said, you surprised him too. Like they really, (laughs) they kept it big time secret. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting too. I mean, okay. So obviously at that show, the only song you got to do from the new album was Bite Me. But I mean, how much fun was it? You know, it's an interesting thing, right? Because you've talked about the fact that this record kind of goes back to let go. So for you, how much fun is it to mix new songs with songs that are 20 years old? Absolutely. Well, at this point in my career, 20 years in, and uh, this is my seventh album. So going on tour, you know, it's, I get to play this album. I'll be like, the theme will be Love Sucks. and, And I'll be playing a lot of the songs off the new record. But I also will be mixing it with, um, all the songs and the, the big singles <laughs> from my last albums. And, um, but it's very important to still play like all those songs because that was like, those are like big milestones for me. Um, you know, songs that reached a lot of people. And um, so it's really fun to go back and play some of the older songs as well. 
Well, we're going to come out of the new record in a second, but it's interesting because the other thing that happens, right, is as an artist, you change, you evolve. And especially like you say, with this damn pandemic, you haven't been able to play. So there probably are songs that you haven't played in a while that you miss. So are there some of the older songs that you either have a new appreciation for or that you're just like, shit, I missed playing freaking My Happy Ending because I haven't played it in three or four years. Yeah, like, okay, I've played, like, a couple times. Like, I played Emo Night, and and then I played, like, a Halloween party with Travis Barker, and I, I did Girlfriend and Skater Boy, like, a couple other times recently. But, like, I have, yeah, I haven't played my happy ending since my tour uh, at the end of 2019 in the fall. And, yeah, and it was funny because in band rehearsals, I was like, wait, I need to make sure I still remember this. So like for a second, like, wait, wait, do I remember this? And I totally did. But like muscle memory. Um, Yeah, it's crazy. It it felt, it feels great to just, to sing my babies, my old babies, to bring them back out. And, and like, those are songs that did well for me too. So in a situation where it's like a, a, a full audience, a full audience that's not necessarily there for me. It's nice because I've been so like blessed to have songs that have done well in the radio that like they know it and sing along and it feels really good and it's really rewarding. All right. So, so which of these songs from this new record are you most excited to do live and bring to the stage? It's funny. One that I really, I love the one two of F U, which I feel is so much energy and then the way that you, well, actually, I'm sorry, there's a one, two, three, because then in between you have Mark's song. And I freaking love Dare to Love Me because that's such a different song sonically. But I also really admire the vulnerability of that song. Um, so I, so those are my personal favorites. Which ones for you are you really excited to do live and see how they go? Love Sucks is a personal favorite for me. And then I'll be excited to play the singles. So, like, Love It When You Hate Me, featuring Black Bear, and Bite Me. Um, Boys Lie. Yeah, I mean, and probably... Uh, yeah, I'm actually most excited to play Love Sucks. Like, that's actually, like, my one of my favorite songs. I think, like, half of them are my favorite. But, like... <laughs> that's a personal favorite for sure well it's such an interesting thing I talk about this with artists all the time too right I mean it's I mentioned the vulnerability of Dare to Love Me were there things that emerged in the writing of the record that surprised you because look good writing is subconscious usually it kind of leads itself and then you're like oh shit I didn't even know I was thinking that so with the album Love Sucks was like the first song one of the first ones that I kind of wrote, I wrote that one earlier on and like that ended up being like setting the tone for the rest of the record. And I was like, where I was at in my life was like, I was like, I need a minute. I need a break from relationships. I'm over love. That was the headspace I was in. And then through the process of making the record, um, I got into a relationship and then like a song like dare to love me was, um, a song yeah, I was like okay so I you know it's a more vulnerable song I went to a place where I was like okay I have to like open up here and I like to be honest it was not an easy thing for me to do at that point in my life I was like like 
don't mess with me, don't hurt me. And if you tell me you love me, you know, you better make sure that you really mean it. Like, I don't say it unless you mean it. Um, and, you know, because it's not easy to let down the walls and to open back up. And so that's, that's like, I didn't even like really want that song on the record, but um, Feldy like loved it so much. And, and he was like, this is my favorite song. You have to put this on the record. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll put it on the record. But like, I think like t- what, what you're saying, it's nice because it like breaks it up a bit. Well, and it's also just an interesting, okay, it's so funny that, of course, I'm going to actually fucking text John after this. And of course that, you know, Feldy and I would agree. You work with so many people that I love on this record. And in fact, now love it when you, hold on, hold on, hold on. I suck with tight. Love it when you hate me. That was actually co-written with your boyfriend, right? Like most of them were, yeah. Um, okay, by the way, he was one of my favorite interviews of last year. We talked for an hour. That dude's amazing. <laughs> Good. Awesome. And Feldy's a friend and Travis and Mark and all of them. So, you know, it's an interesting thing for you. When you get to work with all these people, you say being backstage at Alter Ego, you got to hang out with people. All of these people have their own style and their own sense. How much fun is it for you? to get to incorporate their style and what they bring with what you've done over the last 20 years. I feel like this group of guys that I worked with, they all really got me and we all kind of come from like the same, like we get each other. We come from the same type of like musical background. And um, I felt like working with them was so easy. It was so much fun. It was so natural. And there was just such an organic epic flow like when I started writing with Sun and John Feldman like I felt like we all complimented each other like Feldy would play guitar and I was just like oh, well also when I met started working with Feldman I was like where have you been where have you been the last like 10 years of my life I feel like I've been waiting to meet somebody like you like working with him was just so fluid it was like we would write the song and have it recorded in a day and like maybe that's his style but that's my style and so like he works the same way I like to work, which is fast and you're inspired and you're writing and like laying it down and everything he would do. I loved his style, like his guitar playing. Like normally I'd have to sit there with a friggin' producer and be like, okay, no replay it this way. Do it more like this, change the distortion. And like everything about Feldy's guitar playing, playing, I, I was like, Feldy, you're like my favorite guitar player, guitarist. And, um, everything that he was doing it just felt and sounded so cool to me and I was like I loved everything I had and like a lot of time in the studio I have a lot of changes a lot of notes and it was just so easy and I loved every where he was taking all the songs and so like he was an awesome producer and like working with the two of them it felt like we all just like complimented each other and it was just so fun and so easy and like effortless and then like you know, I worked with Travis in his studio and like, that was a different dynamic. And like, um, you know, I would like write some stuff at home to tracks. He sent me, I'd come in, grab the guitar, play him what I wrote. And then Travis would sit with me and we'd work on the lyrics together and like actually finish the songs together. Some stuff we started together. Um, but like seeing Travis, like, over the years go from just, you know, being in a band and a drummer to being a songwriter, producer. Um, it's incredible to see how much he's grown. And so, yeah, like working with these guys, so much fun. I just felt like I was just like hanging out with like friends 
and just people I could really relate to. Well, it's an interesting thing too, because for you, I mean, again, that comes through in the record. It's just, it's a fun record. Even though the theme of it is Love Sucks, you know, like it's still such a feel good, fun, energetic record. When you go back and you hear it, do you feel like it captured the sense of ease you had making the record, working with all these guys? Yeah. And though it's called Love Sucks, like it's very like lighthearted and playful and fun and feisty and funny. And there's like a really good message there too. It's like um, self-empowerment, having self-worth, knowing when to say no, putting yourself first. Um, Not like, you know, it's like the trials and tribulations of love and love's not easy, but also like you live, you learn and you know what you want and deserve. And there's like that message in there. Well, that's an interesting thing as well for you. Talk about the importance of, look, man, I'm watching the show on Saturday, right? And every single freaking, and I was there with a friend of mine who's like 27. And then afterwards we ran into four friends of mine who are all in their twenties, right? And every single girl was screaming every single word you sang. So for you, talk about being able to now at 37, be able to sort of deliver this message to people who, you know, have looked up to you and admired you. And so like, not only are you giving them a good time, but you are sort of able to deliver this message from your years of experience. So I guess what I'm trying to say is how important is that to you and how fun is it to you to be able to sort of, you know, be that messenger? Well, it's really cool to see like so many fans have followed me throughout the years. Like that's, that's such a, like, I feel so lucky and so lucky to still be here making music at 20 years in and to have this incredible supportive fan base. Um, and it's really unique that so many girls have looked up to me and I do think that I've done like a decent job of vocalizing that it's okay to be a strong woman and to fight for what you want. And people seem to identify with that. Um, or also just to be true to yourself just as a person of male or female. Um, and people seem to identify with that and, and relate to the songs. And, um, that's, that's really cool. I'm so curious for you, when you think back to being a kid and those artists that spoke to you or those songs where you feel like it gave you the idea that it was okay to be yourself, are there those artists or a couple of songs for you that really stand out? I mean, I feel like rock and roll in general, you're allowed to say whatever the fuck you want and be the way you want. You don't have to be like pretty and polished and perfect and that's why, like, I love this genre of music. Um, I think artists like an Alanis Morissette, like, did it, did it right, did it well. I mean, clearly. <laughs> but, like, she was a woman who said whatever the fuck she wanted. It was so brutally honest, raw, um, really just exposed her her feelings and emotions and put it out there with just like not holding back at all. And like, I had so much respect and admiration for somebody like her and she just seemed so cool to me. 
and also just like so poetically genius and just like just so intelligent um and she's just her own and there's no one like her and um but she's definitely somebody that I'd say back in the day just was really able to do that and do that well and um she's definitely one of my favorites yeah one of probably my favorite interview of all time. She's amazing. And it's an interesting thing though, because she actually, she and I talked about this. There was a very similar experience where she came on stage at Arroyo Seco a couple years ago after being gone for eight years because she had a child. And it was a very similar experience to what happened with you at Alter Ego. And I guess that's what I was kind of trying to get at earlier. It's something for you that when you're just doing your thing, are you able to anticipate or do you see in the shadows like how much people have been missing you and how excited people are for your music? Or are you just simply living your life, doing your thing? And when you come back on stage, you're like, shit, I had no idea. Like, I guess I could say probably because of social media, like, and being able to see like the fans commenting and what they say, I can still see and feel their passion and their wanting of like new music and them waiting for the new music and them being vocalizing and being so expressive on the on Instagram and Twitter like where I can see them I can see their comments and um and so I feel them even though like I'm not in their country and that's like the one fucking thing I love about social media is that I can connect with my fans on that um, through that and see them and hear them. So yeah, I feel them. I feel them still there and their passion. And then like I, um, I said, I agreed to do the, um, rock and Rio festival. And it was just like, everyone like kind of like lost their shit. And like, it's just, it's so heartwarming. Um, and just, it's so special just to like, to still have that fan base there so solid and over the years like this. And I honestly like kind of attribute that to how much work I did and how much, how many touring, how long I toured, how much time I've spent over in all these other countries and how dedicated I was. And um, they were so dedicated and I was so dedicated and I've like dedicated my whole life to my music and, um, but I often think about it just like how special and unique this is to have the, this as like my life. And I'm just so thankful and grateful. Well, we'll make these last couple questions, but Travis is a good friend as well. I've known Travis for years and years and years. And he and I have talked about, you know, after all the shit he's gone through, how much he appreciates where he is. And it's interesting for you when you're around that. And obviously you've had your own obstacles. Does it make you appreciate it more? Because when you go through hardships, you're like, okay, you don't take it for granted. And it's funny. I've talked about it with so many musicians over the last year and a half who are like, ah, I can tour anytime I want. And then it's like, oh shit, now I can't tour. It does make you think about it in a different way. So for you though, do you feel like right now, couple things being older also having gone through illness like you appreciate it more now I think when you have um when you go through anything hard um and challenging in life and then you come out on the other ends everything just has so much more of like a glow 
and a, and a spark to it. And there's, it's more vibrant. You see it more differently. Um, I've always had a really good head on my shoulders and I come from a small town. I worked very hard to get where I got. I got here on my own and I'm a very grounded person going through what I went through. I felt like, why do I have to go through this? Like I already like am aware of like life and appreciate what I have. But I do think when you have the simple things taken away from you, you know, it's just, it's that much more rich, that much more vibrant and beautiful. And, um, you know, I'm here. What's nice is like, I'm here today making music because like, I truly want to like, not because I feel like I have to, or it's a job, but it's like, I just love it so much. And, um, I get to have fun with it. And, um, I think even after the pandemic too, I appreciated being out on tour. I'll appreciate being out on tour even more and be going out to dinner with my friends and family. Um, but I've never taken anything for granted in life that, you know, I worked hard to, to build this, but I'm, but I think, yeah, of course. Uh, well, look, it's fine. You say that, you know, you started, like you say that you are making music now because you love it and you're having fun. Yeah. But that's a cool thing too, is I've talked about this with so many people as well, right? You started when, like we talked about, your first record comes out when you're 17. This is something you dream of when you're a kid. At some point as an adult, you have to decide, okay, this is something I still want to do because of course, for all of us as people, our wants and desires change all the time. You grow, you're a totally different person. So I'm curious, was there a point for you where you realized that, yes, this is what I still want to do and where you realized like, this is what I really love doing? I think I think of it now just because it's like seventh album, 20th anniversary. Like I still feel like young, like really young. Like I still feel kind of like the same. And it just, it's so me. It's just like who I am, like, the music and having a guitar and standing up on stage and having a microphone in front of me. It's just like, that's me. I'm in my elements and it feels good to be doing that. Yeah, no, makes sense. All right, last two questions, but I want to go back to something you said about Travis and how he started in a band and now as a producer and songwriter. And of course, Feldy started as a guitar, you know, musician as well. Now he's like one of the biggest producers in the world for you as you watch how people evolve and grow, are there people that you admire for the way their careers have evolved and made you realize like you want to do different things? Like, for example, I saw you said you want to turn Skater Boy into a film. Yeah. Like I have a clothing line, Abidon, and that's a lot of fun for me. And like I'm turning Skater Boy into a movie and that's going to be like a massive project that I work on that I've already been working on for like two years. And um, I'm making a documentary what else am I doing? Um, do anything else? And there's like always little other projects um, that's usually tied into my music. So yeah, it's like fun to do other stuff. But I also feel like when I'm in an album cycle, like this takes everything for like all my time. So, um, but yeah, like it's, it's really fun to have Abby Dawn, which I'm revamping currently right now. And like, Cause like the, the, the fashion ties in with the music and it's just like fun for me as a visual person. Like I like to paint. So like, I love to design clothes and I love to cook um, and decorate my house and things like that. So I'm a very visual 
person. So like I, any type of way I can create and see things, that's like very fulfilling. Oh, that's cool. Okay, wait, I didn't realize that you paint. Do you show your stuff as well or is it something that you just do for you? No, because I'm a weirdo. I've always been so private in my entire life. Like I've, I've always made sure that like no one could ever see my paintings. I don't know why, like in the background, especially when people are taking pictures, like I've kept it to myself. And like, I was like, oh, maybe one day like my paintings will be in a museum <laughs> in Japan or something. But there's such an incredible lineage of... I'd love to have an art show one day, like have a party and have an art show in New York or something, or LA, I guess. Okay, well, wait, this is fascinating because I've talked to, I mean, look, when you go down from Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan to Chuck D to Serge Tanky, and there's such a great lineage of musicians who paint. There's such a correlation between the two arts. So (laughs) is it something that as you get older and you get more comfortable with yourself, you're like, okay, I'm ready to show it? Oh, oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Because I've been painting like my whole life. All right. Well, as a fan, I just want to see it. Because like I said, there's so many great musicians who paint and it shows so much insight into the style. Wait, now I have to ask before we wrap on the album, is there a favorite musician painter for you? That one person who just is like, or actually forget it. Just, you know, just your favorite painter. Mm, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. All right, that's fair. Yeah. No, it's funny just because I also know from so many musician friends who paint because they talk about favorite songwriters all the time. They get all excited talking about painters because no one ever asked them about that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up on the album. So last question. When you go through Love Sucks, when you listen to Love Sucks as a total work all the way through, what do you take from it when you listen to it as a record start to finish? Um, there's just like a lot of energy and passion and it's fun and it feels good and it just feels like a good time. And like, this record was really made for like taking out on the road and playing live. And I just see so much in front of me and I'm so looking forward to the tour and, and, um, to see the fans and their faces and hear them singing along and just to be back out there. I'm I'm just so grateful. I I lie, but I got to make this last question. When we were young, like three second answer. Who are you most excited to share the stage with there? Cause you talked about the fact that, you know, when you were at alter ego, you got to meet with all these people. Yeah. I mean, there's just going to be so many cool people there, different bands from over the years. Um, I'm really excited to see my chemical romance. Um, I saw, I see a lot of these bands in different festivals. I've seen them throughout the years. Um, so I think I'm really excited to see them and like AFI, um, excited to see Paramore. I've not seen them. Oh, wait, have I? Maybe at a radio show. Just good to say, it's just so fun to be around other bands, other musicians and just catch up. And yeah, I'm excited to see My Chemical Romance for sure. Yeah, and then when you see a show like that, I know we got to wrap up, Kelsey, but when you see a show like that sell out, in literally two days added. My friend was telling me she was in the wait list for an hour. I mean, how much does that ant- excite you then get, make you anticipate the show? Cause you know, the energy there is going to be beyond crazy. Like people are going to be batshit. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited. Um, I'm already thinking, I'm planning my outfit. Um, I'm thinking about my live show. I'm thinking about the screens and staging. Um, like everyone's really excited about this festival. Like so many people have like hit me up, um, and everyone wants to go. So it's, it's great that they added two nights. 
Cool. What do you want to add that I did not ask you about? I mean, I feel like you kind of hit on everything. Um, we really got to talk about it. Yeah, I feel like you hit on everything. All right. Well, as a fan, I hope that one day you do show the artwork. And I also putting in special requests for FU because I feel like that song is just going to be so damn fun live. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate you listening to the music, taking the time, and for your interview today. Cool. All right. Great to catch up. I'll see you in Vegas. Okay. Awesome. Take care. Hey, this is Steve Balton. You've been listening to My Turning Point with special guest Avril Lavigne. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.